Welcome to Old God New Blood, episode 18, and today we're talking about SEO for WordPress. And I've got, as usual, a really good group of people. Uh, I think I think we've decided that I'm the old guard on this one because everybody is younger than me, uh, but I'm going to uh, introduce those people now. So, uh, uh, Joe, why don't you come in first? Joe, uh, who are you and where do you come from? Well, hello there, Dixon. Uh, thanks very much for having me on the show today. So I'm Joe Juliana Turnbull, also known as SEO Joe Vlogs. You can see my Twitter handle uh, there. And I'm dialing in from Barcelona. I'm a freelance marketing consultant. Hey, we let you out of the country. You're not allowed back now. That's it. You know, uh, sorry about that. You know. <laughs> Mindy, hello. How are you? Who are you and where do you come from? Good. How are you? So yes, I was one of the ones that wasn't sure if I was an old guard or young blood. You're, you're, so you're, you're, I'm going to be in the middle. You're, you're, you've, been in, you've been in the SU industry for <laughs> 15 years, something like that. Yes. So, you know, so I, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, there we go. So I actually got started though, close to 15 years. So I got started in 2007. And so um, I have done lots of roles within SEO, some more of like the content marketing side to the technical SEO side. And um, currently I run a company, small digital marketing agency called Market Mindshift in Arizona, but I'm also a professor. And so it is summertime. And so I'm sitting in my office, but it is very quiet because there are no students. And so I teach a lot of marketing classes, including digital marketing. So I am training young blood. Excellent. So we actually have a professional marketer here instead of just, you know, all of us that are pretending to be marketers here. So that's great. That's fantastic. I, I, I did Superb. marketing at uni and at Kingston College after CIM. There you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, no, it's, uh, I'm, I've got no doubt that everyone in here is, uh, is, is well and truly qualified. So although I've never met Keith before. So Keith, why don't you go on? Who are you? Yeah, are you so hi, thanks, Dixon. Um, I'm Keith Devon. I am a WordPress developer. I'm one half of a WordPress development team called High Rise Digital, based in the UK. And I found WordPress, I think around 2009. So I, don't, I think that makes me old guard in WordPress terms, but maybe not SEO mm -hmm. terms. So uh, I'm happy to be young guard today in terms of I, SEO. I, it's great that we can actually get a developer that's prepared to come on a webinar. That's the that's the good news for the day because uh, that doesn't happen very often. So thanks very much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Pleasure. And then uh, and then uh, somebody who has been a, a, an old friend at conferences uh, in the days that we were allowed to go to conferences. Jonas, Jono, tell us about you. Who are you and where do you come from? I know I miss I miss, I miss conferences. Right, it was it's been a while since we've um, we've had a chance to catch up. Um, yeah, I'm Jono. Um, I'm heading from the UK and I work for a little company called Yoast, which hopefully um, many of our viewers and listeners might be familiar with, given the context of WordPress. Um, I have a fake job where I just do SEO stuff. Um, so I spend a lot of time looking at research and development, um, product roadmap stuff within Yoast, and um, interacting with the SEO community so that we are on top of knowing what we're building and why and where we're going. But I'm secretly underneath all of that. Um, I've been a technical SEO person for a long, long time, but I've always been a WordPress nerd and a bit of a developer. And I really, really like the kind of getting under the hood, doing hardcore backend development, messing with databases, as well as um, kind of trendy things like CSS and JavaScript. So yeah, all of all of the different parts of this are really exciting. That's brilliant. And if you're watching live on uh, YouTube or Facebook, guys, then feel free to jump in with questions or say hi. Thank you. Say hi there, GJ. Nice to see you again. Uh, and uh, and uh, it just leaves me to bring in my uh, my producer, David. David, what have I missed out this time around that I was supposed to tell everybody about? 
Nothing significant. We're broadcasting live on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter on the Majestic channels. And of course, you're possibly listening to this on the replay on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If that's the case, then make sure you sign up at majestic.com slash webinars to watch a future episode live. And uh, obviously, thanks to Majestic for letting me put this on every month and uh, uh, and uh, and letting me letting me um, carry on the uh, the baton after uh, after uh, after my my long term Majestic days, which I'm still remembering with a lot of fondness. I haven't been back to Birmingham. I did manage to get back to Birmingham uh, once this year, um, so uh, hopefully I get to see him again now that the uh, the lockdowns coming uh, to a close. Hopefully, so uh, right SEO for work. Let's get going. Um, before we jump into some questions, I wanted to ask each of you for one tip about WordPress or SEO for WordPress. And uh, so if anybody that hasn't got time to watch the whole show, then they at least have something to, to, to take away. Um, so I'm going to dump in and uh, go with Jono first, I think, because uh, I know he'll always have something on hand. I would um, install a reputable SEO plugin of your choice. <laughs> Various <laughs> options exist. Um, but I would maybe consider um, picking one which has a team of over 150 people who work closely with Google <laughs> and Facebook and other platforms, etc. Um, no, but seriously. Um, like, it, it, is that the one I use? The uh, the Yoast plugin, is that the one, John? It, it is. Uh, that's definitely the one I would recommend, um, though I'm obviously biased but in all seriousness i would like let a good seo plugin take care of all the technical heavy lifting for you wordpress is so powerful and flexible that you you want to let them do all that hard work so that you can focus on content marketing brand product market fit all those good things like you shouldn't be in the weeds brilliant okay uh keith where do you want to go for do you want to flip the coin yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go for find a good web host I think we're going to come back to web hosting at some point, but if there's one uh, one tip and one major improvement you could make to a WordPress website if you're on cheap hosting is to upgrade your host because it's still not that expensive to find something really decent. And it, like a good SEO plugin, it'll take a lot of the technical stuff away from you, uh, that you so you don't need to worry about it. Okay, good tip. Mindy, where are you going to go for? Yeah, well, I'm actually, well, those are both really good, <laughs> but I'll go with just plugins in general. Um, WordPress has already been said, it's very powerful. It's actually it's the CMS that I recommend if anyone's going to come and ask me um, because it has so many great features. We know it's search friendly, all of those things, but there are a lot of plugins and I know we'll end up talking about that, but if you choose some really good plugins, Yoast included, <laughs> but some other ones too, um, it can help you really uh, tackle the technical side of SEO and some of the other things that are really going to help you with like schema and like all the extra. Um, I always refer to those as like the icing on the cupcake. And so my one tip is choose some great plugins. Don't go hog wild, but we'll talk about that, I'm sure. Okay. Joe? Hello. Yes, uh, my one tip would be actually to keep your WordPress site up to date to the latest version. <laughs> yeah. Very simple tip, but it does prevent things like getting hacked, which also ties in with what Keith was saying about making sure that you've got a good hosting. Um, and with that whole updating your WordPress's latest version, do not be afraid to ask for help for about it. So there's a lot of friendly people in our community if you're not sure what to do, obviously, when we people moving over to Gutenberg, which we'll talk about later, um, people were a bit uh, unsure because in our industry, it depends and, and things change a lot. Okay, I'm going to ask a follow-up question to everyone about that one then because the, uh, they're keeping the WordPress up to date. Uh, how safe is that to press that on automatic so that it just does it straight away? I mean, is there a risk associated with that, Keith? Uh, yes, there's a risk. Um 
it's in my experience it's pretty safe and actually if you're taking a risk by not doing it so you've got to kind of balance those two risks up um we've started doing that on most of our client websites we do a lot of checks um to go alongside it to make sure if things do fall over we find out about it quickly um but i would generally say especially if if you're maybe a blogger and it's not maybe absolutely mission critical like an e-commerce site um stick automatic updates on take it off your plate uh and then hopefully your host will someone or set up some kind of notification so that if things fall over you find out pretty quickly that'll be my advice okay people agree with that would it be great to have a plugin that only updates to two versions back um rather than the most up-to-date plugin automatically so you don't have a uh you don't uh, take the risk if somebody uh, launches a bad plugin what uh, so what about what about updating plugins automatically is that more risky um or is that just as safe do you think John, I'll go for that because I know you know you guys do updates all the time. Yeah, so we aim for a fortnightly update just because we've got lots of small bit shipping and we want to keep on top of that. I guess um, if you had infinite resource and the patience and motivation, you should absolutely hand check every single plugin that you're updating and evaluate every single line of code for whatever <laughs> security yeah. business. But obviously Google don't. And the, the reality is nobody ever logs into their website. Nobody ever updates anything and everyone gets hacked all the time. So <laughs> somewhere there is a sensible middle ground of trade off that inability to evaluate every single line, have a set of reputable plugins that you trust to auto-update, which you know aren't going to break your site. And in fact, there was a recent update to WordPress that chain, like reduced the likelihood of it catastrophically breaking. Um, and just check it more regularly. I, ideally, yes, up update everything as much as you can, but some plugins are maybe going to be less reliable and trustworthy than others. Make a sensible decision based on your resourcing. I make sure you've got a server that's got a decent backup so you can always go back if you need it. <laughs> yep. that's, uh, that's probably useful. Okay, uh, right. Now, let's talk about WordPress out of the box. I remember sitting on a in in, a, in Las Vegas once and a Matt Cut saying, WordPress is pretty good just out of the box. So uh, this was quite some time back. I would admit because uh, i'm very old guard uh so uh, what's wrong with wordpress from an seo perspective straight out of the box anyone want to jump in with that one i can jump in yeah. um you know again i do recommend wordpress so this is something that comes out up often especially if it's like a brand new business brand new website and so you know a lot of um people that I know might even start with like a WordPress theme and so just going right out the box even just with that's not going to work I mean you have to see um, and I know we'll probably talk about it, but, you know, are there things that have to be updated? Are there things that have to be customized to make it run faster, which plugins can help you with that. And on that same line, um, really doing WordPress out of the box, you're going to miss certain SEO elements. And I'm not just <laughs> saying this, but I, again, I do use Yoast. And so, you know, an SEO plugin is something that's a must. And so just saying out of the box and not using something like that, you're going to miss out on important on-page optimization, things that are pretty elementary to SEO. But if you're just using it and you're not doing that, you're going to miss out quite a bit. Okay. Joe, any uh, anything specific? Well, I've... I... I was going back actually and thinking about when the first time I built my website, and I think it was actually back in 2008. Um, so fresh out of the box, uh, yes, it was okay, but there was a lot of limitations, you know, some of what uh, uh, Mindy was talking about. So um, I would say you need to really assess what do you need the website for, what are the things that you're asking um, the, the CMS to do and then choose that based on that. So for example, now you can have the 
headless um, WordPress CMS, which is a lot lighter and obviously helps your site to uh, have a higher performance speed and not be as much drag as maybe some of the other ones. So I would say you need to see what you need um, before you actually install that theme, but also bear in mind that obviously your specifics would not actually be customized into a theme because that's why it is a theme. It's uh, a bit more generic. And Keith, does a, uh, when, when it comes out of the box, uh, I think it, it still puts URL structures with question marks in there instead of uh, um, and, and page numbers and IDs instead of sort of URL names and things like that, or is that um, pretty much all fixed now? Yeah, no, I mean, it, it does by default. Uh, the URL structure isn't perfect, but out of the box, you do actually have the tools to change that URL structure to something a lot uh, more SEO friendly. So I would say that actually the URL structures are probably one of the strong points of WordPress out of the box. Um, what I'd say maybe it falls down on then is some of the features that you might want, like uh, structured data, meta descriptions, things like that. And then some of the customizations that you might want as an SEO, uh, like being able to customize sitemaps, title tags, your robots.txt file and things like that. And that's where good SEO plugins come in to give you the tools to make those tweaks and customizations. But out of the box, I think WordPress is still a very clean and semantic platform. So it definitely has its advantages. Okay. Okay. Anything you want to add on that, John? John? Uh, yeah, just that you're not meant to use it as it is out of the box. The whole ethos is that the plugin ecosystem and the theme ecosystem allows you to go shopping and researching to find the bits of Lego that solve your problem. That's the whole ideology behind WordPress. Like the vanilla experience isn't really what you're meant to be using. That's often perceived as a bit of a bug. So recently we we finally got XML sitemaps in cores, an SEO feature, which is great. But their emission wasn't wasn't a, a bug, it wasn't a fault, it wasn't something we'd that should have been expected to be in core. Sites who need SEO can go and get SEO really, really easily. Not everybody necessarily wants or needs it, so it's not included in the core. So this idea that it's pluggable and you need to go and find the bits you need is how it's meant to work. So yeah, the idea that you should be using it as is is a, a little bit scary because it, it doesn't do a lot. It's not meant to. Okay. I think your Yeti has gone off again, by the way, uh, John. So just, uh, uh, <laughs> that's his microphone, by the way, for anybody that doesn't know what that is. Uh, okay, right. So most people um, seem to use... Uh, SEO uh, use plugins. We've you've, you've all talked about plugins. Um, even Keith, who I suspect probably doesn't use as many plugins as anyone else because he writes his own code all the time. But um, but you know we've been told as SEOs uh, that you know speed is vital um, and and really important. Um, and uh, and plugins slow the site down. In fact, maybe WordPress as a as a software system slows slows it down or does it? So um, does anyone want to come in on that? I mean. I guess there's some plugins that absolutely speed things up. Things like WP Optimize and uh, you know some of those, those those tools will speed a site up because they start crunching files. But what's your opinion on plugins and how many do you want? <laughs> as as many as you need. Like so, because because the vanilla experience is so feature thin. Of course, every plugin you add has to pass code, make database queries, run processes that take milliseconds, that use electricity, which are limited by the speed of light. Every one of those you add is going to add some degree of overhead, and that's fine. Like as long as they're well coded, as long as they're well built, that is the trade-off you make. If you had a static HTML page with nothing but a picture of a cat on it, you can load it instantly. But if you've got a CMS that has interaction, that has pages, that has logic, of course that takes longer. So it's all about trade-off. And some plugins are better than others. Some yeah, some are notoriously bad for performance and you should avoid those, but there isn't any kind of magic rule that says have no more than 12. It's about 
trading off features versus performance. I love that we're relating this to the speed of light. Um, we've got speed of light into uh, in, into the thing. Uh, uh, Keith, what's what's your opinion on on plugins? You know, how, how, you know, do they slow things down? How how do you how do you test? Yeah, I think like like Jono says, there's going to be a performance impact. It's hopefully going to be very very marginal. Uh, and sometimes beneficial actually but the thing with plugins it's it's really all about quality and not quantity you could you could run a site with a hundred wordpress plugins and it can be lightning fast you can run a site with five plugins and it'd be dog slow so it just depends on on the plugins that you're choosing and the quality of them um how to choose them is is tricky there's a few things to look for um the age of a plugin, like ones that have been around for a long time, they're established. Usually that means there's something, you know, there's a good team behind it and there's lots of development gone into it. The number of installs, how many people are using it is a you know fairly good indicator of quality. Uh, you know, the support, the reviews, the general industry reputation. It's it's pretty hard to uh test the actual performance of plugins unless you really, really know what you're doing. So um those are the things that you can look at without digging in too, too deep from a technical point of view. But I, I would say that, you know, plugins themselves aren't a problem. Like Jono says, it, it's, it's, there are good and bad plugins. So. Yeah. And, and GJ says, uh, why not set up a, a must have list of plugins? And I suspect Yoast has got one somewhere on there. And uh, I, I, sorry, I, bet, I bet, bet there's plenty of must have uh, plugin lists out there already. Uh, so, uh, it's good. Uh, if anyone wants to jump in with with more about that, then then feel free. Uh, otherwise, I was going to uh, move on the, and talk a little bit about uh, themes, uh, because um, for me, um, you know, getting the right theme is critical to you know feel of a website. But again, I found that um, one one person that says you know this is a great theme for SEO friendly theme, uh, and I've and I've found themes that are just for my mind have been terrible for uh for seo uh and and, and vice versa people say this one's bad and uh, and and it seems to work fine um but are, are themes generally important for seo or does that not um have an impact mindy you're Nodding my head. Um, and the reason is because this is something that um, I deal with a lot, you know, where I'll have a client, you know, come to us and they have a WordPress site. It might have been, um, you know, something that they just had implemented a theme. And um, unfortunately, I like to be involved in the process of choosing the theme. And I'll talk about that in a second. But when you already look at one and you're not seeing if it's going to be SEO friendly, then we end up with things like code bloat. So we got a lot of unnecessary JavaScript, unnecessary CSS files, things aren't externalized. Um, the sites, uh, the pages are loading slowly. So it just makes a lot more work after the fact. And so preferably, and so as we know, speed is part of the ranking algorithm. Plus we have now core web vitals. We've got page experience update, which includes that. So it's really important. And so to me, the theme is huge because it's the foundation. And so for SEO, and now I'm going to, I'm on my soapbox and I promise I'll keep it short, but you know, SEO, we have our on page and those are things that are easy enough titles. You know, we're going to update our body copy. We're going to do all those great things. We're going to get links to our website, but we got a site that technically speaking, isn't that great and is running slow. And again, that code bloats problem. So um, when I'm looking at themes, you know, what I generally like to do is, you know, take the demo page, run it through some tools, you know, get some feedback, you know, what is the, the 
feed onto this page? You know, what are we looking at for mobile friendliness? And not just rely on what it says in the description for the theme, because it will tell you that it's responsive, it's mobile friendly, it's fast. Well, why don't you check it on your own? And so to me, it's a huge thing. So off my soapbox. <laughs> no, it's, I think it's very fair. <laughs> Joe, any any favorite themes? What, what any, Anything that you, you particularly like, recommend, feel free. I don't okay. mind selling somebody else's themes here. Well, I think what Mindy said uh, summed it perfectly, but um, I've been working with uh, Kaizen actually these past few months, and we just did a site relaunch, um, obviously getting ready for uh, Core Web Vitals, and we're using a headless CMS and actually using Gatsby. So that's actually um, done quite well, but obviously not using completely the theme by itself. We're just using it, the headless CMS, to sort of hold the the, the contents of the images and obviously the text. So, yeah, that's actually been uh, very good uh, from, from our side. Jono, any faves? Um, no, I tend to build my own themes from scratch because I'm a bit of a perfectionist. Um, because of that trade-off, right, if you get a really simple theme, it can be fast and performant, but every... Every bit of flexibility and configuration tool you add tends to be a trade-off on performance. Um, I would uh, would say two interesting things there. One is um, we're working with the WordPress core team at the moment um, to work out how we integrate performance measurement processes into the theme review process. So there should be some kind of formal um, scoring process, which would be really cool. And the other is um, on headless stuff, brief plug, um, Yoast has an API for headless SEO output. So if you do want to do WordPress headlessly, which can be a performance win massively. Um, a lot of people mess up the SEO because it's quite hard to maintain the logic of all the SEO considerations. Um, we do that automatically. It's pretty cool. So Doc Sheldon, uh, hi Doc, good to see you here. Um, uh, Doc Sheldon's come in and said, is anyone going to mention the need for a child theme? Uh, and um, I think maybe it's uh, it's worth going over to Keith then and, and saying, look, can you explain the difference between themes and child themes a little bit and uh, why, why and if they're important? Yeah, absolutely. So a child theme is basically a theme that you can install or build yourself um, that inherits its parents' behaviors and styles, and then you can customize that in a child theme. Uh, so you can change uh, layout, you can change styling colors, you can add new functionality, you can add whole new templates. Um, the benefit being uh, and I don't know if this is what Doc's getting at, but the benefit being that you can update that child theme uh, independently of the parent theme. So if, for example, I installed a theme that I really liked, the look of hacked it a little bit just to get it just right, then what happens whenever that theme is updated uh, in a week's time, in a month's time, with some critical security update or feature update? If I update that theme, I lose all my changes or everything breaks. So if you keep keep your customizations separate in a child theme, it means you can continue to update uh, the parent theme. So I think that's what Doc's getting out there. Ah, that's like a little light bulb moment gone off in my head there. I couldn't understand why people were changing stuff and then you couldn't change a thing. All right, okay. Um, <clears throat> there are some things I never got to learn about in SEO, so I just don't know. So thank you. Thanks, Doc, for the question. Thanks, Keith, for the answer. Uh, okay, we'll get, um, we've got a, a question from Press 8 Telecom. Could you talk about good plugins that help site speed? I mentioned WP Optimize because that's the one that I use on my site. And what that does is make sure that all the, uh, the JavaScript is minified and uh, does a various amount of caching and stuff, which isn't always good. Um, one of the problems is it does sometimes um, minify um, 
my files uh, and then I can't check that the files are alive because I can't see them very easily. Um, but uh, um, still, it, it does seem to definitely speed up um, the site. I don't know if anyone has got any other um, site speed ones. Jono, what do you want to suggest? I'm, I'm going to cheat a little bit and give you four answers. One is good hosting because that will underpin all the other stuff that happens. Um, if you're spending less than $10 a month on your hosting or the hosting company has a logo of an animal, you have a problem. Um, then you want a really good caching plugin, I would look at either WP Rocket or W3TC, or some of the really good hosts have their own, like SiteBound and Servebolt have their own integrated caching plugin. Um, new contender, really interesting, NitroPack, bit of a different pricing model, but some really interesting early results. Um, if all of that is scary, look at Cloudflare, which automatically makes everything faster and have a really clever WordPress plugin. And if all of that is scary, use AMP. <laughs> uh, AMP's very scary. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's the last thing I'd, I'd, I'd go for, um, to be honest, out of those. <laughs> uh, any others on there, Joe? I'm just going to back up what Jono said, because uh, when I was working at Thoratus, yes, we then used Cloudflare and significantly helped our site, um, you know, helped also. But you have to, of course upload the images as as small as you can, not just those massive file sizes. So that really helped us a lot for um, the um, the minimizing of the uh, load time and sped it up considerably. Yeah, I got my plugin right. I use WP Rocket, actually. I'm sorry. I was uh, sorry to WP Optimize, which I'm sure is a plugin. <laughs> Mindy, any uh, those... Uh, any others? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, some of the ones mentioned WP Rocket, um, but another one that actually just started using and recommending, especially as we're working through the core web vitals, is Asset Cleanup. So that helps solve, as I mentioned just a little bit ago, like the code bloat. And so what it'll do is it'll scan um, pages and, and help you determine, you know, really what's what's there, what's loading. And you can configure it so JavaScript loads on certain pages and the CSS. And so it helps get rid of just like the unnecessary code that's slowing things down. And so, um, like I said, that's when I fairly recently started using. So I can't speak from a long period of ex experience with it, but so far, so good. Okay. So hopefully that answers the uh, the question, uh, Prasay. But But uh, let's, let's, let's go and focus a little bit on this server hosting because I've started to uh, mess around with uh, server hosting and it made a huge difference in different places. But why? What, what are the fundamental things that are, are different with a you know, uh, a good host for WordPress. I mean, what 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 are you looking for? Apart from price, because I'm sure that, you know, the more you spend, the more you get, possibly. But uh, what sort of things are you looking for, Keith, in a in a good host? Yeah, I think I'm sure um, others are going to have probably potentially more interesting answers here. But we, there's lots of things going on with hosts, and that's kind of the point. Uh, they do, or they can, take care of an awful lot for you. Um, so but the big things for me are uh like resources so if you're if you're on a shared host you're sharing uh sharing resources bandwidth um cpu cycles with other websites potentially um so that's that's one big thing um caching how well a host is actually caching assets uh are they doing page caching as well um are they offering a cdn um, what kind of tech stack do they have? You know, are they on the latest PHP version? You'd be surprised how many aren't. Um, are they using Apache or Nginx? Is HTTP2 enabled? Uh, you know, are they a WordPress host or not? You know, do they do they know WordPress? Do they know what WordPress needs to run well? Can they fix the problems? Can they optimize around the platform? That's something we look for. So that there's a, a handful of uh, hosting providers that we recommend and use quite often. 
Just, I'll just unmute myself because that's probably the professional <laughs> way of doing things. Uh, so uh, on, on that uh, idea of, uh, of, of multiple um, websites on the same host or the same IP address or same server, same machine, um, obviously, you know, if you've got a site on the same machine as yours with 300,000 pages um, of WordPress um, on there, it's probably going to impact your, uh, your, your own site in, in a number of ways. Just for that, Majestic's got a really cool tool, which I think is still free. Uh, and uh, David, maybe you can figure out how to put that link into the, uh, in, into the, uh, on, onto the screen somehow, uh, which is uh, their neighborhood checkered, which will look at um, all of the websites that are, it'll basically tell you all of the websites that are on any particular IP address. Uh, and you just put in your own website and it will show you the same IP address uh, and it'll show any links to any other websites on the same IP address. So you can uh, very quickly see not just um, how many websites are there, but um, how important they are. So if they're a big website with a th millions of links to them, the chances are they're really draining on your own resources uh, at some point because they're hogging all the resources of the server. So uh, do have a check with the, the uh, neighborhood checker as, as well if you, if you want to. Um, okay, cool. Jono, anything you want to add or any, anyone else want to add on servers and things? I, I've, I've got a preference for cPanel. Does that, does that mean that oh. my, my WordPress is... is, is um, I mean, you said you're the old guard, right? That, no. That's I, it. So... Yeah. We said at the beginning, you shouldn't be spending time down in the weeds tinkering with cPanel. My work, pay an extra $20, $30 a month and have a grown-up professional manage all that for you. The number of hacked sites because, oh, they've left an internal mail server running and I don't know what a kernel is. No, don't do any of that. Um, I think the really important thing to remember is that Hosting is a combination of software and hardware and network connections like computers with graphics cards and CPUs. And you don't want to be managing that part of your business and your website. You want to be doing the marketing and the content, the important stuff. So, yeah, you want a set of grown-ups who have expertise and, I don't know, maybe physical barriers to entry and guard patrols and dogs and spotlights and processes so they know what happens if the building catches fire. All of those things you want to pay good money for so that you're not faffing around in cPanel. Yeah, but I can still use cPanel in the back end, right? Mm, you really shouldn't. You really, really shouldn't. You want a, you want a proper hosting setup where you don't have to be doing that. Oh, right then. Okay, fair enough. Then. Uh, okay. <laughs> anyway, I still like cPanel. Just on the security thing, just, um, you know, people still get, like, hack sites. So I had shared hosting, and obviously it meant that, and because it was a, definitely a few years ago, but I didn't have a lot of money, so I chose a cheaper option, and, of course, with cheaper options, things happen. So someone hacked into someone else's site, and obviously our site was on that same server hosting, and then obviously my site and my other site got hacked at the same time. So I definitely recommend not doing that and, of course, investing in good hosting because it took me months to fix that. Okay, brilliant. Okay, let's move on because we haven't got uh, too much more time. But uh, I wanted to – this is the one I really am interested in in people's opinions on, um, category pages. Because um, I've seen – I've heard SEOs say, oh, you know, don't don't index your category pages. I've seen other people um, say, well, just let it do its thing and stuff. And I, and I kind of feel that category pages are really damned important. Um, so I, I'm, I'm very interested in whether category pages – 
make good cornerstone content. I use the word cornerstone content because a very popular app that we may have given too much credibility to this uh, this session uh, uses that phrase. Uh, but cornerstone content being one that is, uh, you know, where your SEO traffic is likely to end up, and where you're using that as your 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 um, your main driver for SEO traffic. Um, so category pages, Jono, do they make good um, cornerstone content? Yeah, they absolutely can. So there's there's two else to this. One is a page is just a page. The fact that it's technically a category page in the WordPress backend isn't really something we should get hung up on. It's not functionally different to a tag page or any other kind of index. I think the interesting part of the question is um, different types of searches have different types of intents. And category pages and the types of content you might find on those might answer better to a different type of query, say, a plural or somebody who looks like they're trying to research multiple options to make a decision. So if you can tailor and optimize your content on those kinds of pages to answer to those questions and then have your individual posts and pages target more specific queries, you can have a really strong setup. Um, it's something we do on Yoast.com. Some of our best pages are um, the category indexes for things like technical SEO and topics where people use them as an entry point to start learning. It, yeah, a page is a page. Okay, any any other thoughts on category pages? Um, I can speak to that. So that is something um, I am in the camp that is pro category page. And so part of that is just the overall site structure. And I agree with what Jono just said, you know, page is a page, but with category pages, I mean, you can build out what is my website about and your categories, you know, even within the blog, those should align with the themes of your website. So very much I believe in adding content to that page and as Jono said, I'll just add to that, you know, it does help with that intent, but then you're able to like give the broader, you know, content, you know, about that category and then break it down within those posts. And so you got some good internal linking, you got some nice, clean categorization and structure within the site. So I'm definitely in the pro camp. So I, uh, I'm a, my, my, my preference here is, is that I, I want a plugin because I can't, program it myself keith that um allows me to and i know you can do it with themes and some themes will let you do it to let me have a decent um static content at the top of my um category page uh, and i can use that to create some um some stability in the rankings because the problem with the category pages is that as you change your topics and your content and as you, if you start using a, a um uh, it as a as a as a blog then then the category content changes on that on that page uh and out of the box certainly you know you can't mess around with the the category page very much and uh, most of the themes don't let you do it and even when they do they just tend to put the description in there which is just a text field and it's not really rich content so uh i don't know if you have any particular themes that let you do that um out of the box or a plugin that lets you do that but that's what i think i would want to do if i was spending more time on my wordpress blog but yeah, since it's on cPanel anyway, then obviously it's not <laughs> any good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's uh, lots of options. Well, yeah, okay. So we tend to build custom WordPress websites. So if you wanted that, we would just build that for you. Um, we've had a similar, I don't know if it works for category pages. I'll have to check. It probably does. But we have a plugin that we developed um that isn't out in the wild but it probably could be uh for post type archive pages so i so we're talking about kind of archive pages here so a, a collection of posts from an author or a particular tag or a category or a date and you want to control some content on that archive page uh and yeah out of the box i don't think you can really do that but um 
we've we have developed a way too. So I, I don't know of any themes because we, we tend to build custom themes. So um, someone else might be able to answer that, but it can be done. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for, yeah. for us, we, we, would, we would build that. As I, a I, did, I did have it actually because, I, I, you know, I've known Yoast. I know, you know, Yoast uh, as opposed to Yoast with a, when, when Yoast was Yoast with a J. Uh, and uh, he actually helped me build my very first WordPress theme. Um, uh, he's gone on a bit now and he's a bit bigger, but uh, I don't suppose he talked to me very much about it. Uh, but uh, but he, he helped me design my first wordpress thing uh, and he sent me off to 99 designs basically that was his lesson for me <laughs> uh and uh, and i was able to get that static in there and then uh, then i broke the theme at some point and uh, i've never had it back again but i quite like that i think um okay uh we've had a couple of questions come in i saw over the wires load balancing um uh, does load balancing well let's let's ask it this way uh, so uh, does load balancing cause um uh, some some issues with uh, multiple IP addresses or anything like that. I mean, how 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 do you think load balancing affects SEO positively, negatively, or um, you know, or, you know, obviously it's going to improve the speed generally. That's what it's supposed to do. Um, but can it confuse a search engine? No, not not unless you do it badly and wrong. Like so, most of the like the thing I said in the answer to the the YouTube question was um, do it don't try and roll that yourself. That's something you should do in Cloudflare or a CDN because you want your um, load balancing to happen as close to the user as possible for performance reasons. In which case, all of those solutions have sticky sessions, persistent IPs, and they handle it all for you. It shouldn't be a problem at all. It should happen invisibly in the background. Don't do it in cPanel. Do not try and set up load balancing <laughs> in cPanel. Oh, all right. Not again then. Not again. Uh, it works perfectly well. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't use cPanel for that either. I'd just use Cloudflare. What I would say is uh, that Cloudflare does have a tendency to block absolutely everything, and I and I don't really want everything blocked um, with my Cloudflare. I would like um, things to be able to see my content because more and more. Um, those bots that are coming in and looking at my content are sometimes repurposing that content and producing it as actual content somewhere else on the web. Um, so I, I have that thing going on in my head with uh, with the Cloudflares in this world. Um, but yeah, clo- lo- le- lo- so load balancing good, then that's the general thing there. Okay. Uh, and did I miss another question there, David? I think I missed something else that was uh, important. Oh, yeah, Doc was uh, pointing out the... Uh, the obvious error that um, happens a lot, actually, and I've I've been guilty of it. When you categorize a uh, a post and you give it multiple categories, uh, it's got a duplicate content issue uh, there. I don't know if Yoast fixes that for you. Does do, do, what do you do yeah, there, Yoast? Magically, uh, yeah. There's a primary category concept, and it sorts the canonicals, but it doesn't solve the problem of there's a site structure issue that you shouldn't be categorizing things as multiple things. Categories are vertical, tags are horizontal. People have they tag everything as everything. They put everything in every category. You really need to think about where does this live and what type of things are it, and really manage that. So why doesn't WordPress get that right out of the blog, uh, out, out of the box? Then why does it let you put in? something in multiple categories it's a good question it's a very good question for the same so well i think it does a generally bad job of handling categories for the same thing that keith was saying is um like we, we just want to put some content at the top of this this category archive 
WordPress doesn't even consider a category archive to exist as a page. It doesn't behave in the same way. Quite often, a home page doesn't have representation in the WP Admin area. There are all sorts of types of content that WordPress doesn't really consider to have a home, unless you have plugins to handle and change that. So yeah, it's definitely one of the, albeit very few weaknesses I'll, I'll accept that WordPress has. Okay, cool. All right, I've got one more question before we go, I think, or one, one more main question, and, uh, and that's uh, Gutenberg. So uh, most of you, uh, most of our audience will probably know that um, WordPress decided to change its, uh, its, its UX quite dramatically a few years ago, um, and, uh, and Gutenberg was hailed as the, the wonderful new way of writing stuff. Uh, and uh, is it a friend or foe for SEO? Who wants to go there? Joe, do you want to yeah. go there? Actually, yeah, uh, I believe Gutenberg actually is uh, very helpful, for, especially for those people that are building their own website or maybe they have a friend helping them. Um, at the beginning, yes, maybe it can seem a bit complex, but before Gutenberg, you had you know different page builders. So Gutenberg is actually in the WordPress's own uh, page builder. Yes, there are some limitations. So I do think you do need to be able to do some sort of uh, be able to view it in um, HTML as well, so you can insert things. But overall, I think it is quite helpful if you spend the time um, uh, being able to navigate your way, a way around these different uh, page blocks. Mindy, thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so I haven't seen any negative SEO um, implication, implications from Gutenberg. Um, to me, it's a lot lighter than some of the other page builders that were being used. And so it's nice to see a transition away from those into something that's not going to bog the site down. Um, interesting, too, because I haven't done a specific test or case study on it. But um, like Search Engine Journal had posted one where they use Gutenberg and I think it was WP Rocket. And like they did a before and after. And it was pretty interesting because it was a significant difference. And so, um, yeah, I mean, so far, I think it's great. Okay. Keith, you the same feeling or you got a different point of view? Yeah, I've got a bit of a complex relationship with Gutenberg. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, generally from an SEO point of view, I'd say there are some real, real positives. Uh, Mindy talked about how fast it is, how lightweight it is. So lightweight in terms of it's not loading a whole lot of assets. Um, it's also lightweight markup. So it's not just like div soup in the back end. Um, so that's that's a positive thing. And and semantically you've got loads and loads of controls so if you want to control it, like your heading structure properly gutenberg gives you all the control you need to do that which is obviously very important i think the problem potentially will come with gutenberg will be that because it's quite limited from a feature point of view compared to other page builders what are website users going to do to kind of fill in those feature gaps and it's when they start filling in those feature gaps with loads of plugins that you know, just cause all that bloat and add in all those assets again. That's that's my worry for Gutenberg is that it's not quite feature rich enough um, so that people are going to reach for other solutions and that's going to dilute the the benefits. Jono, you spent a lot of time on Gutenberg because you were talking with the, good, the the core team before it went live as well. So I'm interested in you. You did a whole conference on it because I was there. Um, and so, yeah, what are, what are your thoughts about Gutenberg? Um, I think to echo some unspoken grumbles, the way in which it was developed and marketed and launched and managed was pretty terrible in a lot of respects. However, we shouldn't conflate that with the value of the thing itself. I think it did a terrible job of addressing the fact that there is a large audience of people who just want to write and it made their lives difficult and complicated in a way that wasn't managed very well. However, in the SEO world, 
everything we do is inherently competitive and we need to take advantage of the best tools we have available to us to compete. And if we can move from writing words in a white box to pub authoring and constructing and publishing rich, sophisticated resources, that's a competitive advantage versus against people who aren't using Gutenberg. And as more, pe more people do that, the expectations of our users will increase. It won't be enough to have a page that contains some words. You will have to have something structured and curated. Now, the challenge is authoring that is pretty hard. We have an ecosystem where people get paid to write words and different people get paid to publish web pages and different people still get paid to design things. And now we're saying all of those are one process. And nobody's really worked out, I don't think, how that workflow works and how we do it with multiple people, especially as there's no co-editing capability yet, though hopefully we'll get there. So it's still in a bit of a gray area, but I think you have to embrace this idea that we are moving away from writing words to publishing resources so that we can compete, unless you don't care about SEO, in which case, yes, write your poetry in a white text box and fine, but nobody will see it. <laughs> if it's poetry, who does anyway? Oh, okay, I shouldn't have said that. That's terrible. Okay, so guys, uh, last last quick thing what is your uh what is your favorite plugin and you're not allowed to answer john in fact we're banning him from answering that one and no one else is allowed to say yoast uh so joe what do you want to go for well actually i was gonna say yoast because uh when i first did started doing uh, building websites in 2007 2008 we didn't have one um like that that did sort of help to i would say it structures your page what content do you want to be writing about what is the main topic of the page so I really like it, but I would, as we were sort of saying offline, that you shouldn't always be focusing on getting that green tick. What you should be looking at is trying to focus on or ask yourself, uh, you know, what's that page about? What is the point of that page? And see if it's answering the question when you're writing that. So, sorry, Yoast gives me... No, that's, that's actually fun. fine. I'm just expecting uh, that this is sponsored by Benjastic people, not by Yoast this time, right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Mindy, what about yours? Okay, so since I am not going to say Yoast because that's been mentioned so many times, even though it is what I use, but I mean, so, okay, now that's a hard one. If I take that out, is like my go-to. I mean, there's other ones I use. So one of the things that I'll look at too, because I'm so into like the structure of the website and internal linking, you know, especially if it's a blog, I'm going to go in, I'm going to add um, contextual related posts, that plugin um redirection is actually a plugin i'll put in right away so i don't keep bugging the developer and i could do some of that but um and i do use yoast for seo <laughs> That's yeah I, I i use the redirection plugin as well actually mm -hmm. even though i think you can put it in within yoast but i still yes. use um, yeah that, that redirection it's plugin. Habits, so, right so old i'm so yeah. old school it's worked well uh keith what do you want to go for i'd say my favorite SEO plugin is the plugin that you remove from your site because you realize that you don't need it. Uh, well, even though we've said the plugins hello, Dolly. <laughs> Yeah, hello, yeah, good, good call. But apart from that, we haven't really mentioned images too much from an SEO and performance point of view. So I'm going to throw in uh, just image plugins in general. Um, and if you had to choose one, Imageify, WP Smush, Optimal, Short Pixel. WP Rocket, I think, does it as well. So right, so these, image plugin. The, these all these will all crunch the images down to a, a sensible size, rather than trying to put a you know a, a print quality image into a web page. Right? 
Yeah, and, and lazy load them and change the format if necessary. There's loads of image optimization techniques. Yeah. Monty made a really good uh, suggestion, by the way, uh, of, uh, of making sure that you get rid of the, the plugins that you don't use, which is a good idea. Start with Hello Dolly. Uh, that's not very important as a plugin goes. Um, I'm going to go on the end of it and say um, uh, WordFence. I think WordFence is a great plugin. It's not particularly for SEO, uh, but um, uh, quite often it's, it's quite often that you suddenly find you've got millions of people trying to hack your website and log into your site uh, and it's going to stop an awful lot of that so uh, uh, you, you get some traffic away from your website that, that shouldn't have been there anyway so that's good. okay well thank you very much for coming along guys um, just before we say you know where do we find you and how does everybody find out more about you uh, uh, David maybe you can come in and tell us what's happening next on the the next old guard new blood Sure, absolutely. Well, wonderful episode, loads of interaction, always great to see. Uh, special thanks to G.J. Bramer, Doc Sheldon, Monty Cannell for all your questions. Um, thanks for taking part in it. The next episode is going to be how does site performance impact SEO success? So very much um, interwoven with what was discussed today. That's going to be on Wednesday, the 4th of August, 12 p.m. ET, 5 p.m. BST. We're going to have three great guests on that one. John Henshaw, Pam Unkst and Lucas Zelezny. Uh, of course, we're going to be broadcasting that live on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter. If you want to sign up to make sure that you can watch that one live, just go to majestic.com slash webinars. Excellent. Fantastic. So uh, it just leaves me to say, apart from thank you very much, guys, and thank you very much to the audience as well uh, that, that watched it live and added some, some uh, questions and colour. Uh, if people want to get hold of you, where would they go, Keith? Um, my website's highrise.digital, um, but the best place to get in touch with me is on Twitter, at Keith Devon. Excellent. Jono? Jono Alderson on Twitter or jonoalderson.com, which you will notice is as fast and close to perfect as a WordPress site can possibly be. <laughs> Excellent. Joe? Hello. You can reach me at SEO Joe Blogs in my name there, um, Twitter and on um, my website. And also I am uh, the organizer of Search London with Tim Sheet and also Turn Digi. So our next Turn Digi event at Turn Digi is going to be on July 22nd and it's going to be in Spanish. So it'd be great to see you there. You have four people dialing in from South America. Okay. I can't speak Spanish, so I'll probably skip that one. But uh, I'll let my Spanish friends know. Mindy, what about you? Pretty easy. You can find me on Twitter at Mindy Weinstein, or I'm on LinkedIn quite a bit too. So you can definitely find me on there as well. So guys, uh, thank you ever so much for coming along today. Uh, it's been a real pleasure to have you on. Um, you've sparked some really interesting thoughts and ideas. I'm going to have to dump cPanel uh, and that's <laughs> going to hurt me so much. Uh, and I don't think Plesk is that much better, Doc. I think that's kind of like two two sides of the same coin from these, from these young bloods point of view. They just uh, don't like either of them. Okay. Right. Thank you very much for your time, guys. See you next. Uh, see, see everybody in, in Interworld and uh, see you soon. Cheers. Thank bye bye. You. Thank bye, you. bye bye. bye. bye.